Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. We are grateful to you for this morning. We thank you for yet another time in your presence and in your house. Thank you, Father, that the body of believers is your house. And where two or three are gathered in your name, there you are in the midst of them. We are assured that you are in our midst and that your presence is here. And thank you, Father, that it is in you we live and move and have our being. And so even everyone who is watching us online is experiencing your presence right where they are. As you touch our lives here today, may you touch the life of everybody else online in the name of Jesus. And may we be blessed through the preaching and the teaching of your word. And now I pray for all of us that you grant unto us a spirit of revelation, a spirit of knowledge, a spirit of understanding. Holy Spirit, reveal the Father and the Son unto us. And may you draw us closer unto them in Jesus' name. And everybody say, Amen. You know, I always like to read other versions of the Bible. I, I don't like to stick with just one version. And the reason is simple. It helps to bring the meaning of the scripture to us in a more clearer way. So, I want us to read from the Message Bible. Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 to 14. He says the very credentials these people are waving around as something special. I am tearing up and throwing out with the trash. Along with everything else I used to take credit for. That's extreme. And why? Because of Christ. Somebody say it's all because of Jesus. Yes. All the things I once thought were so important are gone from my life. Notice. Compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as my master. First hand. Everybody say first hand. Take note of all these phrases and words I'm emphasizing. Because they are essential to understanding what I'm sharing with you today. I read it again. Compared or compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as my master first hand. Everything I once thought I had going for me is insignificant. Dog dung. Ouch. That's very extreme. Is that not so? He says I've dumped it all in the trash. So that I could embrace Christ and be embraced by him. I didn't want some petty inferior brand of righteousness. That comes from keeping a list of rules. When I could get the robust kind that comes from trusting Christ, God's righteousness. I gave up all that inferior stuff. So I could know Christ personally. Everybody says, so I could know Christ personally. It's feeding back. Say it again. So I could know Christ personally. He continues, experience his resurrection power. Be a partner in his suffering. And go all the way with him to death itself. If there was any way to get in on the resurrection from the dead, I wanted to do it. I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I have made it. But I am well on my way, reaching out for Christ, who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, 
don't get me wrong by no means do i count myself an expert in all of this but i have got my eye on the goal where god is beckoning us onward to jesus i'm off and running to follow jesus i have decided to follow jesus hold it i have decided to follow jesus no turning back oh yeah no turning back the cross before me and the well behind me the cross before me and the well behind me said that the cross before me and the well behind me no turning back oh yeah no turning back hallelujah yesterday in the morning a friend of mine called and during our conversation he said something to me he lamented and said that the Christians of today and even church leaders pastors what have you seem to be very shallow and don't seem to have a certain grasp of spiritual things and of the holy scriptures that's what he said to me when he said that it was a confirmation to me about a message i was preparing to share and for me it was a go ahead to actually share this message and so this morning i'm starting a series and the title of it is that i may know him that i may know him everybody say after me that i may know him hallelujah i agree with the sentiments that my friend shared because i have also noticed a worrying trend with a lot of christians of today which is that and and it's especially to do with this generation of christians now i don't have any statistics i haven't done any survey i don't have any empirical evidence to present to you but i don't think i am wrong and the worrying trend and the dangerous trend for that matter that i have observed is that a lot of us are not deep and we don't have a deep first hand personal revelation and knowledge and experience of our lord and savior jesus christ and i don't think i am wrong i think i am right that a lot of christians today born again tongue talking and what have you and notice the words that i'm using do not have a deep a first hand if it's not first hand it's what hand second hand or false a lot of today's believers do not have a deep a first hand a personal revelation and knowledge and experience of our lord and savior jesus christ and what you have is a lot of christians who are riding on the wings of other people's knowledge and experience of god and so 
you will find Christians whose knowledge and relationship with Jesus is based on, for example, what their pastor says or what their pastor knows or their prophet. So what they know of Jesus and their relationship with him is based on that. Now, if you hear a baby crying, don't worry. I said it's my family. Is that not so? And in a family, there are babies as well. Yeah. And so, what their pastor says or what their prophet says forms the basis of what they know and what they, they seem to understand and forms the basis of their relationship with Jesus. So every time my pastor says, every time my prophet says, anything that they have to do, they must go and consult. They must go for dilation. They must go for a country. And so with that, the servants of God have been raised so high that they become bigger than life itself. And they have turned us into the ultimate. So, anything that they want to do, oh, average Christian, you need to go and see your mama or see the papa or see the pastor the man of God and I say to endorse whatever you are doing so he tells you who to marry and who not to marry he tells you when to go and when not to go and so it's like everything that you do is so linked to him or her that you cannot take any step and it's almost like without that person in your life there is no relationship with God somebody say mercy Lord another thing that you see is that a lot of today's Christians swallow everything that they are told without taking time to check it out look at Acts chapter 17 verse 10 to 11 they just believe everything they swallow everything they don't search further into things Acts chapter 17 verse 10 to 11 New Living Translation that very night the believers sent Paul and Silas to Berea when they arrived there they went to the Jewish synagogue and the people of Berea notice were more open minded they were more what? open minded it means that their minds were open their minds were not closed than those in Thessalonica and they listened eagerly to Paul's message watch this they searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and his wife Silas I mean Silas is not Paul's wife forgive me to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth were teaching the truth so you find here a group of believers in a place called Berea and they are being compared to another group of believers from a place called Thessalonica and I dare say that I can categorize the believers of today into the Berea group of believers or the Thessalonica group of believers ask your neighbor which group do you belong to Berea or Thessalonica and what is the difference so Paul and Silas went to Berea and went to the synagogue synagogue 
to minister. And they noticed that there was something special about these believers in comparison with another group of believers that they met in the place called Thessalonica. And he says that the believers in Berea, they were open-minded. It wasn't close. It wasn't shut up. They hadn't stopped thinking. They hadn't stopped analyzing. So they were open-minded. And let me say this to you, my friends. This is just an interjection. God gave us minds so that we can use them. Our minds were not given to us as a decoration. Unfortunately, what happens to a lot of us as believers, and I've experienced it also, is that at a certain point, we send our minds on a long sabbatical holiday. And then things that we are supposed to think through and analyze. And God doesn't have a problem with us thinking through things. He doesn't. So in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18, he says, Come now and let us reason together. As Yehovah is calling you, say, Come, you come, sit here, I sit here. And let us reason together. Let's think through what you are saying. So God doesn't have a problem with us thinking through things and analyzing things. He doesn't have a problem with that. So here, it's being said, go back to my scripture, of the believers in Berea that they were open-minded and they listened eagerly to Paul's message. And the last part is what freaks me out. They set the scriptures day after day because Paul and Silas spent some time there ministering to them and every day after the meeting they would go and search through the scriptures why? to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth wow a whole Paul and his wife a whole Paul and his companion Silas have come to town very powerful teachers everybody knew them everybody recognized that there was a special grace that God had placed upon them and that God had given Paul a special ministry to the Gentile world and they knew the fantastic works that he was doing yet when he came to Berea the believers there were not so overawed with their presence that they sent their minds on what? on a long sabbatical holiday no their minds were intact and everything Paul and Silas had to say they listened to it eagerly they didn't reject anything that he said but it didn't end there after the meeting they will go home to go and search through the scriptures what were they looking for? say encrofono they didn't just swallow everything that was said to them hook, line and sinker no they said through the scriptures and that's why the bible says that they were the king james says they were more noble than the believers in Thessalonica because as for the Thessalonica believers oh, everything goes once they saw Paul, once they saw Silas, oh, man of God, man of God, glory to God, you are in town. And they will listen to everything. But as they are listening, they were not thinking deeply about the things that were being said. Neither did they have this habit and this culture of the believers in Berea, which is that after everything they have heard, they will go back and they themselves will search through the scriptures. What it means is that they were not satisfied to just ride on somebody else's knowledge and experience. They wanted to search through things for themselves. They wanted to have a 
personal intimate deep relationship with jesus for themselves they could not afford to build a relationship on somebody else's experience they needed to experience him for themselves that they may know him they may know him and I want to say to you that if you are a Thessalonica Christian then you should be afraid because you are in danger of missing heaven itself look at Matthew chapter 7 verse 21 to 23 What did I say I'm sharing with you today? That they may know him. Or that I may know him. It's always best to personalize it. And yes, I. Might you, chapter 7, verse 21 to 23. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my father which is in heaven. So now Jesus is describing the requirements, the credentials that you must have to get access to heaven. He says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. One of the charges that Jesus brings up against his people, and this is what Thessalonica Christians experience, he will say to them, I don't know you. And so because I don't know you, you cannot be allowed here. Look at how the message Bible puts it. Knowing the correct password. Do you know what the password is? Saying master, master for instance. Isn't going to get you anywhere with me. What is required is serious obedience. Doing what my father wills. I can see it now. Jesus is speaking. At the final judgment, thousands strutting up to me and saying, Master, we bring the message and we bust the demons. They did what? Woo. Look at the next thing he says. Our God-sponsored projects had everyone talking. And do you know what I'm going to say? You missed the boat. All you did was use me to make yourselves important. You don't impress me one bit. You are out of here. Listen to me carefully. Making it to heaven and being allowed into the beautiful and the new Jerusalem is dependent on knowing Jesus, number one, and being known by him knowing Jesus and being known by him now in the scripture that we read Jesus was saying that I don't know you so you can't come here but let me show you another scripture where it is very clear that you not knowing him will make you miss out John chapter 17 verse 3 am I preaching at all I hope I am John chapter 17 verse 3. New Living Translation. And this is the way to have eternal life. This is the way to have what? And eternal life means making it way. To heaven. Is that not so? So you can put it this way. And this is the way to make it to heaven. Now, notice what he says. To know you. Do do you see that? To know you, the only true God... Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. John 14 verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
no one can come unto the father except by me so he's saying that and the way to have eternal life and the way to make it to heaven is to know jesus to know jesus and as i'm explaining to you that if you don't have a deep personal first hand relationship or revelation or knowledge or experience with jesus you can easily miss out you will miss the boat you will get there and realize that the plane has taken off and you'll be standing on the tarmac may well may won't you the plane is not a throttle you can't stop in the air how are you going to climb it but that is what can happen to many of us if we don't change our location and our position of tagging along with the Thessalonica type of Christians into becoming the Berea kind of Christian who knows God for himself, who knows Jesus for himself. And I want to say I'm sorry. I am sorry for what we have made you into. I am sorry for what we, especially the charismatic pastors and preachers, have turned the gospel into. We have made the believers think that they cannot know God for themselves. And so everything that they do, every step that they take, if it doesn't meet our approval, if it's not what we are saying, if it's not what we are directing, then that is it. That's what we have done. And I'm sorry. I am sorry. We have, we, 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 we have developed a superman status for ourselves. And so, we preach to people. They don't know how to do Bible study. They don't know how to pray. Because if you go to the average church and you ask the average Christian to pray and summarize the meeting, Mewo, Mewo, Mewo. Oh, you hear that? Father God, hallelujah, Jesus. I can preach the name. Father God, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Son. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hey, thank you, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Son. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Thank you, oh, thank you. Ewo, ewo, ansheni yekra obobube in the prayer. You meet Christians who don't know the scriptures. And even when we say as pastors that that is our intention, really, really, it is not. Because we enjoy the reverence and the awe with which we are regarded. So anything that will make us lose that control over the people, we don't go for it with all the strength that we need to. And so in our churches, our believers, our Christians, and we don't know him. And apart from even this categorization into Berea Christians and Thessalonica Christians, I can do another categorization of Christians who are practicing religion and then Christians who have a relationship with Jesus. I can do that kind of categorization also. That with a lot of believers, what we are doing is practicing religion. Going through certain steps going through certain motions and all of that. But if we talk about a relationship, Atosin is not there. And how do you have a relationship with somebody? 
is by knowing the person. You can't have a relationship with anybody if you don't know the person. You cannot. That's why if somebody is recommending that you marry somebody else who is in Chicago and you don't know the person, take your time. Take your time. Because relationship is about knowing. The more you know a person, the better the relationship with the person will be. I mean, I've been amazed at people who have come and said, I met somebody on Facebook and (laughs) I decided that I, I, I like him. I'm going to marry him. And usually my response is that, oh, Larry. Oh, Larry. And I explain to them that with God, nothing shall be impossible. But use your head. I'm not saying that it cannot work. After all, we have an example in the Bible of Isaac and Rebecca. Isaac had never met Rebecca before. It is his father who did the connection. And they brought her. And when he saw her, he loved her. But that one, God's hand was in it. Can you say same of this other one? So don't rush into it. Take your time. Because the depth of a relationship is determined by the knowledge that you have of the person you are in that relationship with. That I may know him. I'm going to make some profound statements here. Write them down. The goal of the Christian life is to know Christ. Be known by him. And to be like him. Write it down. The goal of the Christian life is to know Christ. Be known by him. And to be like him. That's the goal. If you want to summarize the Christian life and the Christian experience, that is it. To know Christ, be known by him, and to be like him. So Christianity, my dear friend, is not just a religion of rules, rituals, regulations, that you have to work at in order to be able to climb the ladder to heaven. That's not what it is. Because you see, religion is man's effort to find God. That's what basically religion is. But Christianity is more than that. It is not just a religion. It is not man looking for God. It is God looking for man. That's the difference. And that's what makes Christianity stand apart Put Christianity on one side. Put every other religion on the other side. They are incomparable. Every other religion is you are looking for God. You are searching for him. You are trying to be good. You are trying to obey rules and regulations. But you see, all our righteousnesses are like filthy rags before the Lord. It doesn't work. But in Christianity, what you find is, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life it is God coming down to our level and the son of God the creator the one who was there at the beginning taking the form of mortal man in order to reconcile us to God that's what Christianity is about and it's about having a relationship with that person to know him to be known by him and then also to become like him that's what it is so let's not reduce it to just going to church giving fat offerings singing dancing waving our hands look all that we do, all these things that I'm saying are, 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 are necessary, are needed. 
But let's not miss the most important thing. Which is to know him. Which is to be known by him. And which is to have a relationship with him. Write this other statement now. To know Christ is not an event. (laughs) It is a continuous perpetual journey or experience. Think about it. To know Christ is not an event. Something that just happens and then you say that it is done. It's accomplished. That's not what to know Christ is about. It is not an event. It is a continuous. Means that it's always a continuous. It doesn't stop. Perpetual. That means that it goes on and on and on. You can never say that I've reached the end of it. It is a continuous perpetual journey or experience. To know him. That's what it is. So don't reduce knowing Jesus to just becoming born again and receiving him as Lord and Savior. Once you've had that experience, it just says, why are they? Where we? It is not true. Actually, you just started. And for many of us as Christians, that is the level we stay at. We don't progress from there. We are content to have that initial contact, but it doesn't get deeper. So in a certain sense, we know him, but in another sense, we don't know him. So to know Christ is not an event. It is a continuous, perpetual journey or experience. Look at 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 18. King James Version. It says, but grow in grace. Notice, and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Grow in grace and grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever and let the church say amen. Amen. So we are supposed to grow in our knowledge. That means that it's something that must keep going on. Because when you stop growing, you are dying. That's what it means. The death process starts with when the growth ceases. So our experience of God and our relationship with him and knowing Jesus is supposed to be a continuous thing. You can't get to a point and say that I finished knowing him. (laughs) I finished. I know all that there is to know about him. The third statement I want you to write down. Is that knowing Christ should be more relational rather than informational. Knowing Christ should be more relational rather than informational. Do you get it? Do you get it? Yeah. Knowing Christ involves having information about him. It's part of it. But it should be more of a relationship. Rather than just having information about him. Because you can have a lot of information on somebody or about somebody. But you don't know the person. There are some of the brothers... If you like, just mention Lionel Messi. When you When you mess There are some brothers. If you mention that name and they start talking about the guy, you would think that they grew up at the same place at Choco. Information. They can tell you when they were born. They can tell you how old they are. 
they can tell you when they joined the Barcelona Academy they can tell you how old they were when they played their first match they can tell you how many times they've won the Berlin door they can tell you how many goals they have scored they can tell you how much they earn as you know how much the person has earned then you are also getting some it doesn't work out like that so you can have a lot of information but it doesn't mean that you know the person because you don't have a relationship with the person are you here or you've you've gone to the house so knowing Christ is more relational rather than informational so there are three very important statements that I have made you write down which is very integral to this topic we are looking at about knowing Christ that I may know him the first one is that the goal of the Christian life is to know Christ be known by him and to be like him is that what you have all right what is the second one you wrote to know Christ is not an event we are having a fellowship meeting fellowship meeting you contribute I contribute to know Christ is not an event. Yes. What else do you have? It is a continuous. Mm-hmm, perpetual. There are people called perpetual. Is that not so? Mm-hmm. It is a continuous perpetual a day, journey or experience. That is, it keeps on and on and on. And then what is the third statement you wrote down? Knowing Christ should be more relational than informational hallelujah so in this series there are four things that i'm aiming at teaching us number one what does it mean to know christ so if you like it's a bible study we are having yeah number one what does it mean to know christ number two how can we know christ How can we know Christ? Number three, what are the signs and evidence that we are progressing in our knowledge of Christ? What are the signs and evidence that we are progressing in our knowledge of Christ? And number four, what are the benefits of knowing Christ? So these are the four objectives of this series that I may know him. I ran through them again. Number one, what does it mean to know Christ? Number two, how can we know Christ? Number three, what are the signs and evidence that we are progressing in our knowledge of Christ? Number four, what are the benefits of knowing Christ? Hallelujah. So let's start off with the first one. What does it mean to know Christ? What does it mean to know Christ? Now, since it's a fellowship meeting, I need to hear your contributions. What does it mean to know Christ? So let me find out from you. What does it mean to know somebody? What does it mean to know somebody? Anybody can speak. Yes, my dear. What it means to know somebody, it means to have a personal relationship with a person. That's what it means to know somebody. Hallelujah. What else can you think of? What does it mean to know somebody? What can you say? You know what makes the person happy. So that means that you know a lot of things about the person. To know somebody means you know a lot of things about the person. Beautiful. What else does it mean? You know things like the person's name, where the person stays, you know, so you have info on the person. Is that not so? Yeah. That's what it means to know somebody. Anything else you can think of, what does it mean? You have communication with the person. You have communicate. You communicate with the person. That's what it means to know the person. And so, when we talk about knowing Christ, it involves all of these. 
I know that sometimes we like to mystify things to do with God, things to do with Christ, things to do with serving God and Lord. We try to make a mystery out of it. But a lot of things are actually simple. And knowing Christ is like knowing anybody else. Because when you know somebody, you know a lot of things about the person. For example, you know, you know, you 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 know how you even know the person's laughter. This woman that I'm married to your mommy, if she laughs 10 kilometers away, I know that it is her. Know the person's laughter. You can even know somebody so well that when the person is coming, the person steps, you know that this is the person that is coming. Is it, is it, is it not true? Yeah. What does it mean to know somebody? You can know somebody so much that when you smell something, you know that the person is here. Good one. Okay, the other one too can work, but let's, let's just be nice and pleasant today. I'm talking about the good one. At it's because you have a certain connection and you have a certain link to the person. And when we talk about what it means to know Christ, these are the sort of things that we are talking about. Now look at 1 John chapter 1, reading from verse 1 to 3. 1 John chapter 1. Look, this is my message. There's nothing like receive it. Take it one, take it two, take it three. There's nothing like that. Eh? There's nothing like that. It's, it's not a prophetic message. Or it's a prophetic message, but it doesn't come with the usual accoutrement. It is for life. Yeah. Because you see, wherever God is leading us, wherever God is taking us, I don't want your connection or your relationship with Jesus to be based on what I know or what I have experienced and what I have with him. Because you too, it is critical, it is essential that you too, on your own, as a person, as an individual, you should know him for yourself. Because if you don't, even your very salvation and your place in heaven is under threat. And I do not want to tell, yes, I like what she's saying. She's responding to the preaching. I do not want any problems. I don't want any problems where you are concerned. Where it's like I will stand before God and you tell me that I directed the people to myself. I've heard that statement being made before by somebody. Yeah. That I, 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 I made the people focus so much on me that they missed him. <laughs> because it can happen. So in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1, that's a diversion. So when Paul says that, be ye followers of me as I also follow Christ. He's not saying that your focus should be on me. That's not what he's saying. He's saying that the focus should be on Christ. That's what he actually means by that statement. So that you are following him, but you are looking at Christ. When you realize that you can't see Christ no more, tell yourself, say, that's it. That's it. I ain't going nowhere. I'm not going this on this path anymore. And I'm saying to you that I'm teaching you these things and you watch out because I am going to teach you a lot of things that are intended to draw you closer to Jesus for you to have a personal relationship with him for yourself, to know him for yourself. That's my mission. That's my target. That's my assignment. Not to me. Who am I? Who am I? 
I am a man of God. Or so you say. But I am a man. I have the struggles you have. I have the challenges you have. I'm saying to you that sometimes we try to present ourselves like some Superman, Captain Planet, uh, Spider-Man, Batman, Iron Man, Ant-Man, Wonder Girl, Wonder Woman. Who else do you know? Captain America. Anyone? Aquaman. Yes. Hey, April, you are current. Aquaman and who else? Jack Toronto. Who is Jack Toronto? Ejaku. That's what I know the people I'm talking about. Please. I'm talking about characters who seem to be so strong, so powerful, can't ever get it wrong, that can do anything and everything. Please. Don't turn me into that because I'm not that. And if you are looking for a hero, go and look for Jesus. Leave me alone. Have I shed my blood for you? Let's be serious. And it's not likely I will. But I want to be like him. I want to be a good shepherd. So the essence of these teachings is to direct you to him. And it's going to be an assignment that I'm not going to take lightly at all. So get ready. You will hear a lot of teachings and messages about God, about the word of God, about the Holy Spirit, about the Christian experience, about holiness, about self. You will hear all of those things. Because the essence of it is to direct you to him that you may know him. Not Joe Biden. Not Donald Trump. Not Nana Adodankwa Akufu Adu. But you may know Christ. Hallelujah. First Peter, I beg your pardon. First John chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. New Living Translation. To know him and to be known by him. Wow. I have a maker. He formed my heart before even time began. My life was in His hands. I have a father. He calls me His own. Leave me no matter where I go. Oh, yeah. He knows my name. He knows my every thought he sees each tear that falls and hears me when I call first John chapter 1 verse 1 to 3 New Living Translation. We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning. This is John the Revelator writing. The one who existed from the beginning. The one who, exist, who existed from the beginning. Whom we have heard and seen 
we saw him with our own eyes and we touched him with our own hands he is the word of life this one who is life itself was revealed to us and we have seen him and now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life he was with the father and then he was revealed to us we proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the father and with his son jesus christ this is john writing and right here from this scripture you get an understanding of what it means to know christ the summary of everything that john is saying here is that in lele i know him (laughs) i know him so what does it mean to know christ he's explaining to know christ means to be familiar or conversant with him I'm sure, especially you, the sisters, you know that some boy there has worked to you before that you look familiar. <laughs> you, you look familiar. You look family, family. What a shock. To know Christ means to be familiar or conversant with him. You are familiar with him. He's not a stranger. He, he, he's not somebody you, you, you can't talk about, you can't relate to you can't identify you are familiar with him and it can be by sight by sight and this experience john and the other disciples and those who lived in those times when jesus walked the earth can say that they know him they are familiar with him they are conversant with him by sight so he says what we ourselves have actually seen But for you and I, we were not privileged to walk on the earth when he was there. You and I were not there when he walked the earth. However, we can be familiar and conversant with him. And when we say you are conversant or familiar, it means that you've actually met him or encountered him. That's what it means to know Christ. You've met him. You've encountered him. It may not have been by sight. You've not seen him with your naked eyes. But you have met him. You have encountered him. You can talk about him with a certain assurance, with a certain confidence, with a certain strength. Because you have met him. That's what it means to know Christ. And the average Christian cannot speak confidently about the Jesus whom he says he knows. So it raises the question, have you really met him? So yes, you may have met him, but you don't, don't know him because you've not encountered him in a, in a certain deep, first-hand, intimate way. So to know Christ means to be familiar or conversant with him. And sometimes being conversant with a person can be through the person's voice. When you really know somebody, you know the person's voice. When I really know you, even if you call me with a strange number, it wouldn't take long for me to figure out that you are the one speaking. So that's why Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And I'm known of them. I know them too. So to be familiar or conversant with somebody, that's what it means to know him. And one of the ways you know a person is by the person's voice when he's speaking. And that's why all of us need to get to a place in our Christian experience. When we hear preaching, we should ask ourselves that, is this Jesus speaking? Is that his voice? Is that his voice? Or it is somebody else's voice? 
Because if you know him, if you are familiar with him, if you are conversant with him, you will know that Eyi Oyane voice are Eyi Oyane voice. And when we come to church, we must come to hear his voice. Because the goal and the objective is to know who? Him. To be familiar and conversant with him can also be by touch. By touch. You can know somebody by touching the person. You see, people who are blind, to make up for that handicap, they have developed the other senses. Including the sense of touch. And they can touch you, feel you want to, and know who you are. It's a very amazing thing. And though we have not seen him with our naked eyes, we can be familiar with him, we can be conversant with him, we can know him by touching him and being touched by him. By he touching you, you can have a relationship with him and you can know him. That's something like shackled by a heavy burden underneath a load of guilt and shame until the hand of Jesus touched me. He touched me and made me whole he touched me he touched me and all that joy that floods my soul something happened and now I me and made me whole. You can know somebody as a result of a touch that you receive from the person. And for us, we can't, we can't see him and haven't seen him physically. We will see him one day. But we can know him. If he's touched your life, if he's touched your life, you can know him. The woman with the issue of blood touched him. And she experienced him. It led to a great miracle in her life. The man who was born blind in John chapter 9. Whom Jesus met with his disciples and his arts. Who sinned? Was it him? Was it his father? Was it his mother? Jesus said there's none. But all these things that have happened to him is because the glory of God must be revealed. He touched the eyes of that guy. He made clay, a mixture, and applied to his eyes. The guy went to wash in the pool of Siloam and he came back and he could see. Although the guys didn't see him with his physical eyes initially, he experienced a touch. And that touch was the beginning of the relationship that he developed with Jesus. That time is up. And next week, we are going to continue that I may know him. Clap your hands for Jesus and give him praise. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you are watching this broadcast, this streaming, or maybe recording of it, and you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, in him that's the most important it's about in Jesus and to know him it starts with meeting with him where he comes into your heart where you receive him as Lord and Savior that is the beginning but you see the journey into knowing him it starts with this first step they say the journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step and that's why i want to invite you to pray this prayer with me and ask jesus to come into your heart pray this prayer with me say heavenly father today i come to you just as i am please forgive me for all my sins please wash me 
with the blood of Jesus. From today, I open my heart to Jesus and I receive him as my Lord and my Savior. For the rest of my life, I will follow him. I will serve him. Oh God, please reveal yourself to me through Jesus that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in in his sufferings thank you father for hearing my prayer in jesus mighty name amen Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.